bravery is there in the way they played. And what about Peter O'Mahony? I just oh, thought a sensational performance. Yeah. Jack O'Donoghue and Hodnett, the three of them in the back row. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Let's turn our attention to rugby. Alan Quillen is with us. Alan, good morning to you. How are you getting on? Morning, lads. Yeah, good times, Joe. Um, it's the week of the uh, Heineken Cup semi-finals and uh, sorry, uh, quarterfinals, and we're very interested in, in how the um, teams are actually going to line out for this one. We've been talking a good bit now over the last while about who's going to start for Munster, particularly at nine. Let's just jump in straight away. How how easy or otherwise is the selection for a game like this this weekend? What what are they talking about and what are they trying to weigh up? Um, I, I was just thinking, like obviously a lot of people are, are debating the Craig Casey, the merits of Craig Casey starting ahead of Conor Murray. Um, I think he's improved his game a lot. We've spoken about that. It's pretty evident for to, for everyone to see. Um, it'd be a really brave call. I think um, I think Conor Murray has been pretty good for Munster. I think he was very important in both those Exeter games. Um, and I was thinking about the merits of it. Um, you go out and you go, right, we're going to attack to lose from the word go. We're going to try and play with high tempo. We're going to keep loads of pace in the game. Um, or you start Conor Murray and you have that extra defender, um, excellent at the breakdown. His kicking game is really good. And you hope that you get into a lead or that you're not chasing the game. Because I think that the thought process is, if, um, you know, Craig Casey comes on and Munster pick up the pace of the game. Will they need to do that? I'm not sure. Like, I'm really trying to think about what kind of game they need to play against Toulouse. And we saw what Ulster did over in Toulouse, um, attacking them and trying to put width in the game and and being really positive in the way they're trying to play. Um, but, you know, Toulouse like that open game as well. I think it's how you manage the game. So there's for and against. I think Conor Murray's experience, I think, as I said, and his defensive um, abilities and um, he's reading in the game. And then you have Craig Casey who can, if they want to start, um, some people would argue that they need to really go for this in the world go, and and I'm not sure. I, I, I'm divided on it. I don't know who they should start at scrum half, but obviously in the other positions they have lots of injuries. I think Thomas Ahern is someone who's really put his hands up uh, in the last few weeks. He's brilliant, um, brilliant young player, and it's great to see him putting in some performances. Um, Alex Kendellan has been superb as well. Jack O'Donoghue. So I think they're in good form going into the game. But Toulouse have won the competition five times. They they were very lucky to get into the knockout stages. They only beat Cardiff. The other games were a draw and, and a loss to Cardiff. And uh, because of COVID, they were beaten by Toulouse or beaten by Wasps in, 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 in England as well. So um, it's hard to know. Like if you're basing Toulouse's form and, and in the first six months of the season, you think they're they're a bit vulnerable, but they've shown the last, you know, they beat La Rochelle at the weekend. There's when you start rattling off the names from the yeah. team, they're, yeah. they're so powerful. Well, that's the thing. They're they are a championship team, and like, not to be patronising here, but if if Munster get beaten in a close game by this Toulouse team, like I don't think anybody thinks that 
uh, Munster are currently at the stage where they should be winning these games automatically like you know a lot will have to go their way to win it but yeah they will and I think power power is one of the, the big concerns I think and, and that's where I think um, that's where I think um, Conor Murray comes into it his physicality his size um, whether they'll start, start Jenkins in the second row over Witcherly um, you know there's a worry about the front row they have Mo Vaca and Julian Marchand Cyril Bai um, you know incredible incredible power right across the board particularly up front so look it's going to take a mammoth effort for, for Munster and um, they won't have Ty Byrne back I don't think uh, which is he's an incredible loss Kilcoyne is out for the rest of the season Coombs maybe Conwell come back in uh, but I think they'll feel good about themselves in the last few weeks. If you if you look back on, on Friday night um, against Cardiff, it was a very open, entertaining game. But I think you contrast what we saw against Connacht at Christmas, and there's two stats that jump out from them for me, is um, 17 offloads. They had one offload against Connacht in Galway. I know the conditions are different and the weather is much better, but I just think they, they, they've... They're playing with a lot more confidence and they're they're they look like they're enjoying themselves and they, they want to attack. It's not perfect. 32 defenders beaten on Friday night. Um and you know, people will argue Cardiff, a totally different team than Toulouse, but still there's a lot of Welsh internationals there. And I said this all along, you know, when Munster play with some ambition, energy, a bit of bite in them, you know, pe- people, the fans will accept that. I think they're realistic and know that. You know, an incredible amount of stuff would have to go right, and you need a, a fair bit of luck to be, you know, to be winning a trophy with this group at the moment. But uh, people are optimistic with some of the young players and what they've done in the last few weeks. That conversation about power is obviously the one that has been had for the last few years, the last consecutive few years, and it's particularly one that comes up around Leinster in terms of their defeats over the, the past couple of seasons in Europe. Uh, obviously, they're up against Leicester this weekend themselves. Do you expect this team to continue and, and at the end of the season the, the, the same old problems or the same old debate to be to be had around Irish rugby? Um, no, but I, I, I don't. I think, look, it keeps coming up about La Rochelle and the Saracens the year before. Exceptional teams on, exceptional um, strengths that not every team has, and you know it's you can't just invent that or, or you know they've signed Jason Jenkins for next year for a reason to bring that kind of size and physicality if they need him. Um, I think Leinster have grown and they would have learned a lot from that. Um, La Rochelle last year that that bit of power, but it wasn't just that bit of power. It was some of the some of the quality of of. Um, you know, Leinster looked quite comfortable in that game in the first half. I think if they had their time back, they played a little bit differently, try and play more territory, um, move the ball um, to the wider channels a little bit more in that game. But they just got a, a, a home and away home advantage is massive. And you know, La Rochelle having home advantage and a very good side they showed last year by getting to you know right to the top in both competitions that they were powerful sides. So will Leinster have the same issues this weekend? Well. I don't think so. I think um, the one, the, the area that probably concerns a little bit is the second row and just that sheer physicality. Um, and sometimes you get freakish teams. Toulouse are one of them. Um, you know, the players they have, the Arnold brothers, Maufu in the second row, he's 130 kilos. Um, you know, their back row is really big. Uh, 
Cyril by all these players they're just so powerful and you know it's difficult at times to the old mentality is try and move the big pack around and that just doesn't work because um, to the same level I think that the best way to play against a side like that is really protect the ball hold on to it and, and try and build build it into multi-phase but I think Leinster are a different side and with Kelleher Porter Furlong they bring an exceptional quality in their front row you know we know a little bit more as the competition goes on can somebody overpower Leinster um, they'll fancy their chances that think they can because they're not the biggest side in the world but the way they play is so effective and relentless and they're so fit and they're very physical themselves so I don't think it's going to be a concern in the rest of this competition for, from um, to Leicester and, and Steve Bortwood will certainly try and make it real dogged for, for, for Leinster on Saturday but um, I think they just have too much quality now and they will have learned from their experiences Great to see uh, Chris Ashton getting his moment in the sun at the weekend too, of course, you know. We all we all love to see an old swan dive. <laughs> yeah, well, look, he's, he's uh, when I played against him, um, you know, for, for a number of years, he's been around a long time. He was, he probably irritated the opposition, maybe still does a little bit. He but does, but like in fairness. He's actually a good fella off the field. And I'd say if he's on your team. He's a good fella off the field. Yeah. And, the, and the swan dive, yeah, does has annoyed people over the years. But in fairness to him, he's, He's uh, he's a good bloke and he's uh, he's a hell of a player and uh, yeah he's a very dangerous player. He's still you know that that inside line that he tracks um, you know that he he runs all the time and they'll be wary of him I think. But you know like I said, Leinster are in great shape. Look what they did in the URC. You know they sent a B team to South Africa. Um, you know it's it's phenomenal against the Sharks and the Stormers to get two losing bonus points. They're now top of. Uh, they're still, they're obviously still top of URC and, and can't be caught. So they're guaranteed a home quarter, home semi, home final. Um, obviously, if they win those matches, um, some question marks. And you listen to the commentary in the last couple of weeks from South African commentators and you know some stuff online that Leinster were kind of disrespecting the competition. It's it's phenomenal to think that they sent you know a second string squad to South Africa against, you know, international yeah. World Cup winners and to get two losing bonus points. And actually for, you know, I listen, Leo Cullen said it was job done. Yeah. It is job done because they can't be caught now. They're guaranteed. Well, Lancaster's... Hopefully, uh, in a, hopefully in a few weeks they'll put out the second string against Munster. So Munster can get into the semi-final. But look, they've done a, he's done a remarkable job again. And Stuart Lancaster stayed home. That's that's incredible, isn't it? With sixteen players or seventeen players to prepare for this weekend. Yeah, he said Lancaster's in the papers today. Obviously, at the press conference yesterday was uh, talking about um, training with the under twenties, who were part of the Ireland squad and the the frontliners. So um, they should be ready for this. Like it, it's it's a very evenly balanced European quarter final where you've got. Currently, the form team in England versus the form team in the other major league that we're playing in, and it's an away match where Leinster are actually favourites for this game, despite the fact it is a home match for Leicester and they haven't been beaten there for years. So, like, this is exactly the type of titanic European match that we're supposed to get from the European Cup, and we kind of we've forgotten about how good a tournament the European Cup is, but it's matches like this that made us all fall in love with it. So. You know, fingers yeah. crossed, Leicester come out the right it, side it, of it. 
It sure is, yeah. And it's um, look, it's Leicester, a very good side. I think Borthwick has done a brilliant job. They beat Bristol 56 26, I think, at the weekend. Um, and they're very, home very underdogs in the quarter final. Like, it's mad. Yeah, it's incredible, I think. And um, they will, um, you know, they'll be really up for this. And I think, um, but I, you know, it's hard to judge Leicester and say, well, Connacht went over and got a losing bonus point. Um, and Leicester are very powerful. Their set piece is very good, which is no surprise under Balthwick. Their scrum and line out is exceptional. And I think that's an area where they're trying to attack Leinster. But um, they're not the Leicester of old that, you know, Welford Road isn't, uh, isn't like it used to be many, many years ago when he was so many English internationals. It's still a very, very difficult game. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough challenge for Leinster, but I think they're good enough to, to come through it. Okay, should be uh, spectacular. I did want to just see if you had any update over the weekend on the coaching ticket in the backroom team. We haven't had uh, white smoke just yet, but it looks like it's trending positively for Leamy and Prendergast. Is that your yeah? Instinct? That's that's all. That's all I'm hearing. I'm still trying to uh, you know to to to, to get updates on that, um, and I don't know exactly where it's at because I think Dennis Leamy was in South Africa. Um, with with Leinster for a couple of weeks, uh, Mike Prendergast is still under under contract in Racing as well. So um, I don't know exactly where it's at, but I'm just hearing. And I heard Bernard Jackman saying, "I'm trying. I'm not trying to ring Prendy uh, because I don't want to tell any lies." I'm a little bit like that. We've had we've had we've had some conversations, but um, it's 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 still up in the air a little bit and. You know, obviously, it would be. I think it'd be brilliant if it happened, and it's kind of, it's moving and looking like that's that's the way it's going to end up. Maybe um, I, I, again, I don't know exactly the nuts and bolts of it. I'm sure Leinster won't want to lose Dennis Leamy, but um, I would imagine that it would it would certainly interest him. And um, you know, Munster in a place now where I think there's an opportunity to make them better, and that's kind of enticing for any coach. Yeah. So we'll wait and see on that one. Um, the other, the other thing, I know you have to go quick, but um, the Irish team beating Scotland on Saturday. Yeah. Incredible. I just thought, you know, lots of mistakes, lots of errors. There's still issues there around set piece, skill set, all that kind of stuff. But uh, for Enya Breen scoring that try and, and that conversion at the weekend, I think the women did fantastic. And I was just so happy for them because they didn't play well. And Greg McWilliams admitted that afterwards, but it was lovely to see, I think. So, look, they, they avoided a wooden spoon and, and something to build on for the future. Meanwhile, the Sevens team finished third at the same time and were really good. Like, if you could just maybe somehow find a system that worked where the best Sevens players weren't playing Sevens during the Six Nations, then maybe this could all work out. Maybe we're not as far away as the massive hammerings we've been taking would suggest. Well, we were still a fair bit away as regards England and France, Chair. You know, that's that's pretty obvious. Um, but I think um, they look back in the Welsh game at the start and, and the issues they had there around game management and the set piece. So um, difficult things to fix, but I think they're very still a very inexperienced group of players. So I think they learn a lot from this. And to lose seven or seven players to the sevens, another couple of injuries for that English game, that that's that's hard on any side. Um, so, you know, they have to upskill more. They have to learn about the game more. They have to understand the game more. Um, the club game needs to improve more. Um, and, 
you know, get more players playing. So I think, look, they're, 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 he creates some depth with this. They've got a summer tour and they've just got to get better at what they do right across the board. Scrum, line out, set piece, breakdown, body positions, everything like that. But I think they've shown lots of ambition and promise. And I was just really delighted from, as everybody else was, I think, you know, to get the, the try at the end and win in that kind of fashion, it can, you can imagine the kind of confidence and the heartbreak of losing the home game, finishing, you know, with a wooden spoon, winning a game in that fashion. You can build something on that. And, I, you know, I, he didn't hide away from the fact that there's still a lot, there's, there's lots of work to be done to try and close that gap. But, I think it was just great to see them finishing on a positive on Saturday night. All right. Alan, good stuff. We leave it there for now. Thanks a million. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Thanks. It's uh, Alan Quinn in there. Uh, reminder, OTBM brought to you live each morning by Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Uh, what do you think as a Munster fan is going to happen at the weekend? It's, uh, like I think their performance against Toulouse last year in the Champions Cup was actually a pretty good performance. Like I remember it being, it was Easter weekend, wasn't it? It was like scorching day, beautiful conditions. And it was kind of at that point you're like, Toulouse could, you know, run up a big score here in these sort of conditions. And Munster did, did quite well. Obviously, it wasn't perfect and there was disappointment afterwards, but it was an absolute contest for it. Have Munster got better or has it got worse since then is the question. And you'd have to say the mood music around the, the province hadn't been positive for a while, but all of a sudden they've hit some form. The problem is Toulouse have also hit form and beating La Rochelle at the weekend was a, it was a bit of a fill-up for them. We all kind of, we pay probably more attention to La Rochelle than any other top 14 team. And we know that they're they're, they're pretty good. So, um, yeah, Toulouse are obviously going to be favoured for this. There's no, there's no question about it. But I think Munster are in a better place now to cause an upset than they would have been four or five weeks ago. OTB AM With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.